Hey, I'm Prince Derek Dolan. You're watching Hashtag Burst TV. Make sure you rate, subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey, it's your boy Rocky the Chicago Aussie. Y'all know who I be. Hey, check it out. We on all all the tea on Verse TV. So today we got Prince Derek Doll in the building. Say hey, what's up? What's going on, y'all? Thank you for having me. Hey, anytime, anytime. So um, let's get right into the tea, okay? Let's get to it. Alrighty. So. <laughs> You are a dope podcast host, a dope rapper, and judging by your profession professional pictures, you are also a dope model too. Thank you. Uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of dope. Um, but yes, it's true. <laughs> I am the co-host for the Darren Green Show podcast. Uh, I'm also the moderator uh, and co-producer for Queer Millennials: The Key, which is a um, a talk show geared towards LGBTQ people of color. So that's dope. So I'm happy okay. about that and got some music out and I freelance model every now and again. Okay, okay, okay. Come on, music. Okay. Look, you sound like a jack of all trades. Well, you know what they say, jack of all trades, master of none. So my goal is to prove that to be false. That's the goal. <laughs> okay. The goal is to make to, to prove that to be false. Yeah. Okay, I could dig that. So um for our audience who may not even know. Where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, it's a little town, like two hours uh, east of Dallas. Um, and I currently live in Newark, New Jersey. I've been here for almost eight years in April. So I'm on the East Coast now. Okay, okay, East Coast. But all right, Louisiana. I mean, look, I love I'm Louisiana. I'm a down <laughs> south boy, you know, so. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I've... I feel like um, I, I never really wanted to live on the East Coast. Like when I was in college, I visited here maybe two or three times and it always rained. And mm. I was like, man, I would hate to live here. Like, it's just, you know, that, it doesn't vibe with my energy. I'm a spring mm. When it rains, I just want to go <laughs> sleep. When it's cold, like this weather, this is my hibernation mm. season. People usually don't even see me. Once my beard starts growing, you don't see me until March. You know, oh, um, you, if you was living in Chicago, let me tell you, you would definitely be hibernating in Chicago. Never. I could never. I don't know where God has, you know, in store for me next, but Lord, please, not Chicago. Not Chicago. Oh, wait, but, but I, I mean, it ain't bad. Y'all got, no, no, no. I've been to Chicago. Y'all have great food. I just can't do the weather. It's the weather for me. It's the weather. I understand. Great food, great people. It's disrespectful. I just, the I'll see disrespectful. y'all in, in the summer. <laughs> so, okay. What do you love most about your origin story? What do I love most about my origin story? Mm -hmm. <sighs> Everything. No, I. Um, it's funny <laughs> that, that they call it an origin story about like. How, I mean, I don't. I guess you're talking about like how I got into the arts. Your humble like my, my humble beginnings. No, humble what beginnings, I love most yeah. about it. So, like I said, I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. It's you know, it's a small town. It's nothing. You know, not major. Um, but I love the fact that my parents were artists and performers. Um, mm -hmm. when I was born, you wouldn't have known that by looking at them. My mom, um, was a professional dancer. My dad, my dad was an artist. He was a cartoonist. He was a, she was a chef. He could sing, he could dance his ass off. Um, Not like me. 
Right. <laughs> and as a kid, I was always a I was always a queer kid. I was, you know, peculiar and things like that. Um, but I was heavy, heavily involved in the arts. I I played cello. I loved theater. I loved to sing. Come on, theater but I, kid. But I couldn't dance. And they were like, you're the son of two dancers. How can you not dance? Um, but eventually I ended up taking, I took dance in college and I started dancing like in high school and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but I love the fact that me looking back now and looking back at that kid, it's like, I would have never, even though I knew then what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be, it didn't seem real like it was gonna happen. But I love the fact that I come from a small town, no matter where I've lived and where I've gone, I've lived in Hollywood, I've worked at CPS. Come on. Me understanding where I came from allows me to appreciate where I've been and where I'm going. Okay, now, come on now, that's deep. Y'all be saying something deep, I like that. So um, how long have you been rapping? Ooh, how long have I been rapping? So I've been singing since I was three. I've been rapping since 2010. And um, I won't say it happened by accident. Um, I've always written my own stuff, but when I moved back from LA, I started hosting an open mic uh, in my hometown. And um, I won't say it kind of started as a joke. Like we'd have artists and rappers and poets and stuff like that all the time. And I was also, I just left my online radio show and I started working on my EP. Mm-hmm. And there was this little beat that somebody sent me and I was like, I should rap on this. Just so I can have something to perform at the show, you know what I mean? Just something fun to. Mm-hmm. And I did it, and people liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, another artist asked me to to feature on his song. I was like, like on your real song, like y'all want me to come and like really perform. Um, and it was like two thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and it came pick me up. Got to the house and he was like, this is the beat. We're going to go through five beats. You know, we're going to agree on the beat and we're going to take the next 15 minutes and we're going to write. So I'm just there like, oh, shit, I got to write a verse on the spot. Like, it took me <laughs> like, like, I'm like, it took me two weeks to write my song, to write uh, Rihanna Poppin, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we sat there, conceptualized the song and like I just went to writing and they rap a lot faster than me. Like mm-hmm. my, st- my style is relatively like you know, slow rap, like my favorite rappers are like Slick Rick, Nicki and stuff like that. So Come on. I like storytelling and like giving a vibe, Snoop's kind of vibe, E-40, that. These niggas were mm. rapping like- um, Like Twister. Like, like Twister mm. and Buster. And I'm just like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do that. Mm. But we made it work. Like I, I wrote it and I practiced like maybe twice. Went in the studio, we got, I, we were done like around like 5.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. that song all day uh it's called dress code uh featuring trt the round table and that okay. that song is actually what got me to new york um put on my ep and anr heard it here in the city and literally hounded me for a week to wrap up things at home and to move to new york to see if we could you know make more music so i surprised myself you know mm-hmm. I, I showed up i did what i needed to do and it's been like that ever since. Okay, okay. So they put you on the spot. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. Your story almost reminds me of my own story, but you know, hey, I love it though. We all relate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey. So, um, what was that? Sorry. What inspires you to in, uh, enter the industry? Hmm. What, in, 
Well, I always wanted to, I didn't want my, my life or like my career, I didn't want it to feel like work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not lazy by any means, but I, I'm an Aries, I'm a leader. <laughs> so it's like, I, I've just never felt comfortable being a part of somebody else. Well, I'm not saying being a part, I'm a great team player, but like, I don't like- You're natural born somebody leaders. Else's dream. You know what I mean? Natural um, born leaders, that's exactly what y'all are. You know, and so it's like, I like, <laughs> I like setting my own course. Um, I love using my imagination and like creating things. I like taking things out of my head and actually seeing them manifest in, in the real world. And so I was like, mm-hmm. I'm a creative. Um, mm-hmm. I have to figure out how to match that, my talent with some, with some skills and then take that and then f- figure out how to make some revenue off of it. Um, yeah. And like I said earlier, like my, my dad was a performer. My dad was a rapper. He's a, a singer, a comedian, mm-hmm. all these things probably the most talented man I've ever met, but my father quit, you know, like I, 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 as I learned more about him, it was like, he had all these talents, but he never, if they let his bring dream die. Like he, yeah. He let his dream die. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I, I'm literally the sum of my parents, two parts, like, um, and I'm like, well, this is my opportunity to take the gifts I've been given and to, and to use them. And I'm not going to quit. Like that's been me since I was six, like whatever, I, I'm not going to quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting into the industry I think when I was 10 years old I was living in Atlanta Georgia and um, that was my first time in a choir at school and my choir director Wayne Steffens um, who um, you know was in, in relation to the Brad and like he had, he'd been in the industry you know and um, he saw something in me that I hadn't realized yet and uh, he got my mom to agree for him to do um private lessons with me, private voice lessons. So I would stay at school, have choir rehearsal. Then after choir rehearsal was over, he would stay with me and train my voice. And he started booking me to perform places, getting me in talent shows. And uh, there was an opportunity for me to go into development. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we weren't able to take that deal at that time. But that's when I knew like, oh, I could do this for real. And uh, I've kept that with me my whole life through whatever the twists and turns. So I was like, okay, everything keeps pulling me back to this. I need mm. to attention and follow what has been outlined for me to do. And so um, when I moved to LA in 2010, I was working at, at uh, CBS at Entertainment Tonight. I got a chance to network with so many people and, um, you know, just being in that space and, and feeling like this is where I'm supposed to be. Like I'm supposed to be around creatives. I'm supposed to be part of the culture. Um, and when you know, you know. Um, and so it's just really just been about like understanding who I am and allowing that to create space for me. Okay, okay. So um, give us all the tea on your single, Bang. Uh, Bang was released um, on, I think the day before Halloween. Uh, It wasn't a track that I thought I was gonna release. I hadn't really released anything since 2018, um, which was a little promotional single, Hookahs and Henny, which was born off of a, like a, a Facebook Live on my page, somebody had sent me the trap beat. They wanted to see if I could rap on a trap beat. And I literally wrote something and performed it on Facebook. And then it went viral, like 10,000 views, like within like a day or two. I had never experienced that before. So I ended up um, recording it and making it a song and putting it on SoundCloud. Got a chance last year to perform at Lincoln Park Music Festival, performing that song, which made me the first openly LGBTQ artist to hit that festival stage. And so I was like, I had to sit in that. Like, mm-hmm. me doing something for fun allowed me to kick down a door 
for another LGBTQ artist. So the next year, it's yeah. not remarkable. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I got back in the studio and wanted to like flex my pen a little bit. And I played the song, I performed it for Open Doors this year or Newark Arts Festival. And it just kind of manifested itself into being a single. And so it's here, it's on iTunes, yeah. Apple Music. It's my first, it's actually my first song to go on major streaming platforms for sale. Come on, congratulations. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. That's I'm what's up. See, see, then you can tell me how I can get my stuff together, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're already on Kindle. You already got your book out there and people reading it. So um, you probably can teach me a couple of things, but and look, 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 we can help out each other in this business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because <laughs> we need we need to uplift each other and help each other out. So right. Uh, so yeah, do you have any plans for in, uh for an LP or an EP in the future? Uh, I'm currently working on uh, the follow-up EP to Gold Rush that was released in 2012. Um, okay. It should be out, I want to say by the summer. Um, you know, everything, you know, as a, as a, I don't say a new artist, I've been doing this for over 10 years, but um, when you, when you go from doing it in a, in a open mic circuit to actually doing it professionally, like people pay me to perform, people pay me for verses. And so um, it's a different, it's a different um, level of expectation. And like, I'm very keen about quality because I'm like, oh, this actually represents me now. Because when they play this song in, in Cleveland or if they played in Chicago, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't want them to hear what they've heard already from some other artists. And I want it to be a good representation of me. Um, mm -hmm. So I am working on an EP and it's going to kind of speak to my journey uh, as an artist, what, that, what it's been like the last 10 years, you know, as a new as a newbie you kind of just fall in the habit of like oh let me make a pop record because i was a pop songwriter like let me make something that people will dance to let me make something that people will you know will fall in love to but as i've grown you know i'm not 23 years i'm not 23 anymore you know and i've lived right. i've 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 been in relationships where i've gotten hurt you know i've, mm -hmm. I've experienced um homelessness and despair like i've been locked up like i i've had so many different yeah. experiences and like, this is an opportunity for me to share my story. And, you know, they say hindsight 2020, 2020 has been a year where I've gotten a chance to see things so clearly. Bang mm. was the perfect lead up for my EP because in that song, I talk about and touch on those things. I talk about, you know, me showing, me being on the VMA's red carpet last year and what that meant mm. having that moment. I talk about, you know, me being from Shreveport and, and you know, working with with the different artists, and like there are still people in my hometown that know they owe me, you know, for big for the resources that I've given them and helping them mm -hmm. themselves. Um, talking about my granny and, and and how she inspires me and keeps me how she used to keep me centered, you know. So if you listen to Bang, um, you will get you get pieces of me in it, and I think that me setting up my EP in this way, it's perfect. You know, I said, I wanted to start this era off with a bang and it just mm. so happens that was the name of the track that was sent to me. And I was like, everything is falling in place how it's supposed to fall in place because I have resigned myself to doing exactly what I'm called to do and paying attention mm. to You just, you know, and so I'm looking forward to it. My next single um, should be out sometime like at the end of January, uh, beginning of February. Uh, Bang is running its course. I think this um, on the 31st, the Screw D-Mix comes out. 
Um, so it's going to be like a tribute to like Houston. Like I have family in Dallas and, and, and Houston and, uh, and San Antonio and Texas. So this is going to be a song tribute to them for showing so much love on you know Spotify and Apple Music over mm-hmm. the past couple of months. And then I'm trying to work on getting a house version uh, for my Jersey <laughs> fans. And I'm definitely probably going to get like a bounce version for my people in New Orleans and Louisiana. So well, but, but, but wait, but wait. What about the Chicago mixes? I mean, you know, we got mixes in Chicago too. You know, if I can, can we get a, can we get I have some a stepping? I have I have a song that I probably could get a step mix to. I don't know if Bang is one of those. This, this is a song about me, you know, like getting people whacked. I don't know if that's going. I don't know. I don't know if that really goes well with Chicago. Y'all kind of got. Really I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, you can. You know what I mean? You, can get, you know, as a mix, you can get some Chicago mix in that bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you know, I will consider it. I think you know. I, I I never thought that Bang would be a super single, but people like it, and I'm I want to see how how far we can take it. it. Bang could be its own thing, from from now until the end of 2021. Um, you know, my, I still will be dropping my EP and it's, it, it makes me feel good to know that people like what you're doing. Like I, I always tell younger artists, cause I've hosted New York Gay Pride for the past four, four years. You know, I tell new artists, like when you get on that stage, give them everything. Don't compare mm-hmm. yourself to anybody that came before you. Don't worry about the people that are going to touch the stage after you. Be yourself. This is your moment. Yeah. This is your moment to make your mark and to show people what God has put inside of you. And so it took me a while to get in that space as an artist to be like, okay, well, I put this song, I don't want to sound like Drake or I don't want to, I don't want people to compare me to X, Y, and Z. Now I'm like, well, this is what I was given. I'm going to put it out. The people that like it and fuck with it, I don't know if I can say those words. Yes, go ahead, cuss. But the people that are going to like my music or like my art, they're going to like it. They're going to support it. And those who don't, won't. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, my responsibility is just to continue creating. And as I create, more doors are opening. Funding is coming. My I, my album is sponsored. Mm-hmm. The past 10 years, I've been struggling. I was busting tables and serving barbecue, trying to save up money, you know, so I could pay rent and then pay insurance and then try to slide to the studio and buying tracks and exclusive rights. And it just never worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as, as soon as I resigned to the fact that, you know what, I just need to focus on doing what it is that I know I'm supposed to be doing. Like, let me sit my ass down, let me write this music out. Let me find it, let me find these resources and everything kind of opened up to where it's so easy. Like I literally was just in Miami um, a week or two ago. And that was something that I wrote in my song. Mm-hmm. Probably hop another flight and party hard down in Miami. I've never been to Miami before. But mm-hmm. by me just by me just flowing and allowing my truth to be to be told, an opportunity presented itself for me to actually do something that I said I wanted to do. And so um I truly believe in the power of music. And I think that my EP is going to be a testament of that and how it's affected my life. So I'm definitely looking forward to my EP in the spring or summer of 2021. I'm definitely about to check it out. I'm definitely gonna be good. checking. I'm gonna like, click, 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 click. All right. Good. I'm excited. I'm gonna have it on repeat. So um, where did the name Derek, the Derek doll come from? The Derek doll. Woo, okay. So in high school, uh, my senior year, like into my junior year, senior year, once I had lost weight and gotten really tall and had smooth skin and, you know, waves and shit like that, um, one of my best friends, who I used to call my Barbie, she's my little black Barbie doll, she used to call me the black Ken doll. And, um, you know, that was just, that was our thing. You know, I was, she was my Barbie, I was her Ken doll. Um, when I went to, to college and I actually started modeling, 
it was it was a theme like people that oh my god you 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 have like a mannequin body like i had the measurements i literally could take things mm-hmm. off the rack and it would fit because i had i had that frame for a male mm-hmm. i had the right height the right waist the right shoe size all those things um so i kind of just rolled with that i'm a pageant king you know i've won a couple of crowns but i when i when i graduated from college and moved to hollywood and worked at entertainment tonight um niecy nash and um, Kevin Frazier, they used to call me the doll. They used to call me a doll because he wore these bow ties. And when I left there and started to do my radio show, I asked the senior supervisor and producer, you know, should I go with a stage name or should I, you know, use my real name? I didn't want to use my last name and tie to, mm-hmm. you know, to all that stuff. And she was like, well, what do they call you? Call you go Black Ken Doll. I was like, I don't like Ken Doll. I don't want to be called the Black, black version of something white. And I, I didn't like that. She was like, well, mm-hmm. think of a black name. I was like, Derek. She was like, there you go. Alonzo the Derek doll. I was like, oh, I kind of like that. Yeah. So we went with the Derek doll. Um, and uh, as my look evolved, people used to start calling me baby prince. Like, oh my God, baby prince, blah, blah, blah. And I'm the prince of my family. Um, mm-hmm. so, so it kind of went, it evolved from the Alonzo the Derek doll to the Derek doll to Prince Derek doll. And to my surprise, there actually was a Prince Derek um, from the 12 Swans movie, a Barbie and the 12 Swans. Mm-hmm. And, um, so if you Google it, like you'll see pictures of him and you'll see pictures of me. And it's probably the most hilarious thing I've <laughs> ever seen. So that's, that was also a moment of universal alignment. So that's the origin of my name, where Prince Derek Dahl came from. Okay, 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 cool, cool, cool. Okay, so who is Derek Dahl as, the Derek Dahl as an artist? Who is the Derek Dahl as an artist? Wow. I am... Like I said, I'm always, I'm constantly evolving as an artist. Um, hmm. I feel like I don't, I don't want people to ever be able to put me in a box, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so on one song, you may get this, like, cause the bang was like, it's literally like, I'm a hood ass nigga. Like there's, mm. you know, parts of my life where I've had to be a prep, like I'm the suit. Um, but the reality is I'm, I'm really just a kid from the hood who, you know, had the audacity to to dream and to make my shit real, like mm-hmm. and take with who I am. Um, but I really think I'm. I want to be a black surrealist, if that makes sense. Like I want to be able to uh, bend fantasy and and reality in my art. Uh, that comes mm-hmm. in my presentation. You know, I'm heavily inspired by all the like the pretty boys of the '80s, like Prince and Boy George, <laughs> the DeBarges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sylvester, Little Richard, like I, that's, Mm -hmm. I know, I know that's my aesthetic. Um, Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the art form, you never know what you're going to get. Like there's a song called Love Me. And um, when it comes to more like a poppy kind of thing, you may get a chance to see me vulnerable. I have a song called Loner where I'm, you know, talking about, I'm singing about a relationship where a person cheated on me. So you Mm -hmm. never know know what you're going to get. I want to be a multidimensional artist, um, but always evolving um, and showcasing different forms of me like a multi-dimensional person i feel like every person is more than just this one thing that you see on social media this one thing that you interact with at work or at school we all have different mm-hmm. sides of us and i want to be able to use my art to to showcase that so that's who prince derrick doll is for me it's an outlet for me to showcase the different sides and moods and emotions and experiences traumas weaknesses strengths all that that's mm-hmm. who prince derrick doll allows me to do or what he allows me to do Okay, okay. I like that multifaceted, you know. 
what is the what is the hardest part about the music industry? Um, the hardest part, well, the hardest part is is getting in it and, and being taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as as an open openly LGBTQ artist, um, I think that there could be a lot of barriers in in um, trying to get mainstream um, support. I think with artists like Lil Nas X, I think he mm-hmm. kind of he kind of got a different end because uh, the industry was looking for someone to hold up that mantle, and you know it's yeah. kind of like when you how how during the women's suffrage or women's rights uh, era where you could only have one at, one at a time, you know how they try to pin, mm-hmm. or even like with female rappers, like you try to pin one at a time, one against each other because you have one at a time. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, Lil Nas X, because he's young, he's youthful and he can sell things. He's very marketable. Um, mm-hmm. He's able to occupy a space that a lot of other LGBTQ artists that have been around for years aren't able to do, you know, like um, Kicks the Killer. Uh, I have a friend named The Ism who performs. Um, you know, Ken, like this new the new guy, Ken, with two ends, like he's an amazing mm-hmm. ass rapper. Um, I think the hardest part is actually trying to 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 get in and, and be considered an asset um, mm-hmm. in, in mainstream, but from for the most part, I haven't really experienced many barriers. I think that I, I lead with myself first, mm-hmm. um, and if people like you, then they'll support whatever product you're bringing. I learned that mm-hmm. working in direct sales. So for me, I'm like I'm gonna lead with me. This is what my intention is. This is what my art is. Um, can I have your support? A lot of new artists don't know how to campaign for themselves. They don't know how to advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have people out here who've been rapping for 10 years. They drop EPs or mixtapes every year that nobody hears mm-hmm. because they, mm-hmm. haven't, they, haven't under, they haven't realized how to um, be a part of the network. In every industry is mm-hmm. a network. And so for me, it's, it's me remembering the DJs that I used to work with. It's... Um, you know, it's 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 being bold enough to to go to a club and say, I have a song that could be played here. Let me get the mm-hmm. card of this DJ and see if I can can negotiate um, with him or see if I can perform uh, one night here so people can see what I have to offer and if they like mm-hmm. it. You know, and just be, and, and that's how I lead with my stuff. The opportunities that I have isn't I don't beg anybody for anything. I literally, you know, uh, lead with me. Uh, but the hardest mm-hmm. thing is always going to be getting in but once you're in the hard part becomes staying in you know so mm. so what is the most enjoyable part of it for me mm-hmm. um oh the most enjoyable part the most nerve-wracking mm. part is the recording the most enjoyable part is the performing the performing part and the writing like being able to the beginning and the end mm-hmm yeah writing it okay. and performing it yeah. this look I, you you teaching me some things that when, when i get ready I, i'm gonna i'm gonna take some pointers <laughs> oh, listen. um so what is the most important thing to remember when creating music mm, know your intentions um music is um a craft and for those persons who understand that word, um, mm-hmm. you you understand how heavy that is. There are a lot of people who make things just to make things, and um, music has a power. There's energy. Everything is energy. And um, 
for me, the most important thing is to, to show up vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, matter what it is that I'm feeling, like if I'm feeling angry and I want to, you know, pop my shit, that's what I feel. Mm-hmm. Let me mm-hmm. be vulnerable and let me be honest about that in my music. Because people can tell, you can tell the difference. And that's- Yeah. And, and, and you can tell when somebody's being authentic. Yeah. Um, so that's the most important part for me is like understanding the power that you have if you're a musician, if you're creating music, because this is something that someone's going to be taking in and it's going to be bouncing between their, their ears, like straight to their brain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So understanding the power that you have in your music, that's the most important thing to, to me. Understand your message, your motive, mm-hmm. and, uh, and your power. That's right. Make it your own. Make it your own. Mm-hmm. Deliver. So what's the best advice that you have ever received? Oh, God. The best advice that I ever received as a tie. So I went to the Emmys in 2010. And I got a chance to meet LL Cool J, who no. was one of my, you know, one of my idols looking up to him as far as like me seeing him do music and then moving into like acting and, and things like that, like him and like, I know it's probably corny to people when, you know, you never hear rappers say that they looked up to LL Cool J or Will Smith, you know what I mean? But right. those, those are people that I looked at because it showed that they were able to do more than one thing. I got a chance to meet him and his wife and, um, and I asked him, you know, I was like, I knew that I was about to do something different. At that time, I had like, my hair was all curly, my little <laughs> stone, both ties. And like, I know that I look different than most rappers or most entertainers or black male entertainers. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and I'm openly queer. I said, and I asked him, I was like, would it make sense for me to pursue a career in music? And he said, do you love music? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, do you love it as much as you love acting? I was like, yeah, I do. I love, I, I love I'm a performing artist. I love, I love to perform. He said, well, if that's what you want to do for the rest of your life, uh, if that's what you feel, then you need to do it. And it doesn't matter what other people would think because you, you have to decide whether or not you're going to be who you're supposed to be. And I was like, okay, that was, that was deep. And he was like, and then he was like, just do it. He said, just do it, go for it. He said, the worst thing, the worst thing that could happen is that you don't. So go live, go go live out your dream. Don't hold yourself back. <laughs> looking 10, 10 years later, I'm like, I'm glad that I decided to do. Cause I can't imagine what my life would have been like if I didn't. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So what is the main thing that you want our verse TV audience to learn about Prince Derek Dahl today? One of the main things, um, I feel like every engagement is an experience. You know, I think when people experience me, when I walk away from it, I hope that they've either learned something or they've, you know, laughed or, or had a moment of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, but really f- learning anything from me or what I want you to take away from this is that I'm a real person. I go through real shit, um, but I'm determined to, to manifest the dreams that I have, you know what I mean? So, and not giving up, like it's been a long, long, long 10 years. And, um, and I don't, I don't see myself stopping really for, for any, for any reason, unless I die. 
God forbid. I mean, we're off to make that appointment, but it's really about not letting anything stop you. If you get knocked down, you have to get up. You have to get up. So. That's period. Heavy on the eye. That's what I always say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what's the next, um, what's next for you? What's, what's going on in Prince Dolls, Prince Derek Dolls world? Like what's new music? Mm -hmm. Got this bang is out. Well, right. So what's coming around the corner for me, 2021, the first quarter is looking kind of, kind of busy. Um, of course I have, I have another, another single dropping in, at the end of January and I may be doing my, maybe shooting my first music video. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, we just had the hundredth episode of the Darren Green show, uh, maybe I think December 18th. So, um, we're preparing for a new season of that, um, in the new year. I actually, I'm actually, I'm getting my show back. Um, so I'll have my own podcast, uh, doll talk. Uh, will be coming out um, probably in February, and I'm in a new relationship now. No, come um, on, relationship. No, no, it's been years, but uh, so so happy. Um, but we're planning on uh, making like a little little trip or something. So I'm just come on, no, like just I'm open to a lot of things. I think I'll get my first. Ma I have my first magazine feature coming out in the end of January. I just did an interview for that this this week on Wednesday. Um, so just. You know, another part about the advice, the, the best advice, it was a tie between Ella Kuja and my grandmother. My grandmother said, used to say to me as a kid when I would doubt myself, she said, your talents will create space for you. Stop, mm. Don't ever worry about fitting in anywhere. Your talent and your gifts will create a space for you. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm literally living and watching that. Like, I'm probably gonna call her tomorrow and be like, thank you again. Like, I probably tell her every time I talk, like, thank you for telling me that because it's really, it's, it's a real thing like words matter and how you operate in this thing like so i don't know but that's the stuff that's on my roster for next spring and then whatever else god decides to give me i'm gonna take it okay okay cool cool so we're gonna get into the verse verse t questions okay okay um so if you um so if you had all the money power necessary what would you do? How would you how would you change? Um, I mean, like, with cha change. Well, hold on. what would you do? Change that you feel would most benefit the LGBT to LGBT uh, Q uh, community. I'm sorry. <laughs> hmm. I read that question. That was my first loaded question. I was like, if I had all the money and power, if I was like the president of the United States or the king of the world. Uh, I'm pretty sure the first thing I would do is um, allocate funds for LGBTQ uh, and uh, youth housing. Um, and I was, telling, I was talking to my boyfriend about this earlier. I was like, I probably would create little subdivisions and just create, create safe spaces for us. Um, and he kind of combated me about like, oh, you would segregate us. Like, no, it's not segregation. It's about creating safe spaces. There are many communities um, who... Um, they band together and create a safe space for themselves. They protect themselves. They enjoy their property. They enjoy being around each other and they move on in the world and they go back home and they know they're safe, you know? And I think that for LGBTQ people over the past, you know, hell, hundreds of years, like, um, we, we're, we're like walking targets for people who mm -hmm. don't understand, you know, who really don't understand equality and what that means, like what, 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 
being an equal human means. And um, so that's the first thing I would do because I know what that looks like. I used to work, um, I used to work at an LGBTQ center mm-hmm. a couple of years ago and I would watch those kids come in and man, like if you don't have a stable place to lay your head down at night, nothing else goes right, nothing. Because it is a basic need, you know, food, clothing and shelter. Um, mm. And so if, if I could do one thing, I would make sure that those three needs were met first. Um, another thing I would do is I would probably put some money into politics and make sure that we got an openly LGBTQ, whether openly gay, bisexual or trans person on the Supreme Court. So that if we, okay, had, representation. If we had any issues with discrimination, we'd have someone that uh, is for us sitting and being represented uh, at the highest levels of, of, uh, of leadership. In, in this country or in the world, period. But um, those are the things that I would do if I had the opportunity to do so. And there are also things that I plan on doing as my influence and affluence increases. So well, I guess we just have to wait to see how it goes. Okay, okay. So um, I'm gonna start with this uh, quote, okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, ask not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair. But ask me what I am living for in detail. Ask me what I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for. And that quote comes from uh, Thomas Merton, okay? So the question is, what is your goal in life? What is slowing you from the achieving the goal? What is my goal in life? I, I feel like there's not really just one ultimate goal because um, goals change as you grow, uh, as you meet certain objectives. But um, if I had to whittle it down to one, it's just that I, I want to be full and I want to be empty at the same time. I want to have lived out my wildest dreams and I want to have poured out everything in me into this world in the time that I was given to do so because I feel like that is my charge. That is our charge. While we're here, we're, we're here for such a small amount of time considering how long this world has been here. Um, so in that time, I wanna make sure that I'm full, take it all in. But I also wanna make sure that when it's time for them to put me in the ground, that I poured it all out uh, at the same time. Okay, okay. Um, so, <laughs> so get prepared for this one, okay? What is your deepest tea? Something that you've never shared on media before. But something that you're willing to, you know, share, of course. Um, I'm relatively candid with my, my followers. So I think I've already probably exposed a lot of my, my deepest secrets um, in, in certain videos and vlogs and things like that. But um, I think one that I had to really, um, to work through um, was this this issue of worthiness. Uh, it was a battle for me. I, I, I sometimes battle uh, depression and anxiety. Yeah. And, um, and when I get in those spaces, or when I used to get in those spaces, it would be really hard for me to dig myself out of those holes because sometimes I felt like I, I wasn't really worth giving myself a second chance. I think in the other part of the interview, I said, if you fall down, you have to get back up. Um, and that's because it's a lesson that I learned, you know, life keeps going. Um, and winners never quit, right? Losers are the ones that, um, that give up. 
to be honest. And I just, I, I had to make a decision. One day I literally had to make a decision mm. that I had to live a winner's life from now on. I was, um, I lost, I just lost my best friend. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, um, I was in a really, really deep hole. I didn't leave my house um, for about two months straight. There were days I didn't leave my bed. People used to bring me food. Mm. Um, and one day I just got tired. I was like, I could just die. Uh, I was like, I should just die. And I'd been in that space before and I knew what that was like, but I, that's not me. It's like, that's not me. I have to live a winner's life. And what that means is I'm not down right now. I have to get back up. The only way I could get back up was for me to try to, I had to express it in some way. And that was when I, I did my first interpretive visual called uh, RIP. Um, and it was called, it was Re uh, Rebirth in Progress. And that dropped in 2018. It was a, a silent visual, but mm. it, sa it literally saved my life because I got to the point where I didn't want to go back outside. I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Um, but so that was a really dark time for me. But you know, that was that was some deep tea. But it encouraged me. It, it always bounced me back to my art. It always bounced me back to art saving saving my life. This is who I am. This is how I express. So I have to operate in this space. I have to because it keeps me alive. Yeah, and it's all within a fight. I've been telling people that for the longest. It's all within a fight. And when you start second-guessing yourself, you have to just be able to push yourself, find something to motivate you to keep on moving, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's what life is about. It's about the fight. Yeah. Um, that's true. What stumbling blocks have you in... Oh, I'm sorry. What stumbling blocks have you encountered on your journey with your work? And how did you overcome that? Oh, Lord. Like I said, it's been a long 10 years. Um, wow. <laughs> so I moved here in 2012 to pursue music. And within the week of me getting here, things started happening. Like I think Hurricane Sandy happened like four days after I got here. Mm -hmm. um, and then I ended up like I was I was staying with someone. And uh, one of the people we were staying with got us kicked out. So mm. I, was, I was in New York, homeless, sleeping in a car, changing um, in Starbucks mm. bathrooms, washing up in hotel like lobbies and stuff like that. You know, um, but I, I, I knew I couldn't, I couldn't stop. You know, I was ended up being in a relationship for almost three years uh, with someone who ultimately ended up being uh, physically violent. So I, mm. I had an experience of being in a domestic violent relationship. Mm. Um, and I had to, to keep, you know, to keep pushing. I've lost jobs. I've, oh my God. Like I said, my best friend, died. one of my, my, when I say my best friend, like we, um, we had relaunched the second edition of my Unknown Negro t-shirt line together. Mm. And um, he brought so much color into my life. And um, we did, it was there for, we were only there there for a short time but he he made such a huge impact on me and um losing him was was um probably one of the the lowest points i think i've ever ever had in my life because i've never been connected to somebody in that way before um i really call him my brother lover friend because that's the relationship mm -hmm. that we had um so that was hard for me um and then just getting to a space where 
because it's not like it wasn't working like I thought it was gonna like it's it's taking so long like I keep trying to get the student I keep trying to put music on this it's not working blah 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 where I wanted to give up I, I I announced my retirement and within a week I got three bookings got landed my first commercial twelve hundred dollar get you know so it was like the the universe said where are you going like there's work to do and so like I said I, you got a purpose yeah I had to I had to remind myself wait a minute. I have to, I'm a winner. I have to live a winner's life, which means that if I get knocked down, I have to get back up and keep going. Um, so those were just a few struggles. Um, and I just had to, you just have to take it. And I was like, I'm going to use this. I can pull from it if I need to for my music. I can pull from it when I'm, when I'm doing my motivational speaking, you know, and, and working at a, at a youth center, LGBTQ youth center, these kids are going to walk into some of those, those, uh, those situations. And I want them to know that they can, no matter how low they feel, you can always stand up. Like if you only if you hit rock bottom, the only place to go is up. And you have to yeah, know yeah. that. You have to know that and believe that. Definitely, definitely. So you ready for this one? Sure. Okay. Hit me. What's up? Uh, hit you. Bow. Um <laughs> ideally, what do you want to be your legacy for your work? Hmm. You know, I, I I love the word legacy. I talk about it all the time. Like that's when I'm gone. I want the I want people to remember how I made them feel. I, not really so much the words I said. Like if you capture it, you capture what I said. You know what I mean? If you, if I put something in a lyric and you remember it, great. If I post something on on social media and you remember it, great. But it's more so about the feeling. When I'm gone from here, I want people to feel something from my music. I want them to feel something from the the movies or the commercials. When they see me, you know, when depending on like how I'm dressed, like I want you to feel me. I want my presence to 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 be felt. And I also want you know, I want people to to honor their inner child. You know, as adults, we kind of grow into this space where we have to like go along to get along, and we kind of just fall into the flow um being adults and adulting that we forget we forget that as children that is when we're the most sensitive yeah to our our own energy and essence like what we were literally created for and i even though there was a lot of trauma that happened to me as a kid and throughout teenage years i never forgot what that six-year-old version of me wanted and mm -hmm. what his spirit was like, how happy he was. And so I carry that. And I think that at the end of this, when this is all over, I want people to remember me for how I made them feel and for me igniting the inner child in them and making sure that their dreams stayed alive. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna wrap this up. So, um, hey. Where can we find you from? Online, what's going on? Right. Well, first of all, thank you all so much for having me. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, um, and I think Clubhouse now at the Derek Doll. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Prince Derek Doll as well. Um, and make sure that you go and get bang for whatever streaming platform you choose, Google Play, Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, all the things. And thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it you um for having me tonight anytime anytime well hey 
Y'all know who I be. This is Rocky, the Chicago author, and you are watching all the tea on Verse TV. Holla! Bye. <laughs>